This is a tough one for me to record, um, not because I have any remnants of feelings about this person, but mainly about the person that I used to be and that I didn't trust myself enough to walk away before it had gotten to this point. This uh, episode is called Self-Betrayal, and I am reading from a blog post that I created from a video that I uh, created because, you know, I'm a serial content builder on top of uh, something that I've already built. And so I wanted to share this with you to be in your ear as a audible morsel for you to have on this Juicy Life podcast show. Welcome to the Juicy Life Show. I'm your host, Fonda Clayton. I'm the feminine power broker. I help the successful woman who feels empty, mediocre, like something's missing, recapture her passionate, sensual self so that she can experience a life full of joy and passion. The Juicy Life Show is the place to find manna for your body, soul, and mind, where you can learn to be truly fed from the inside out so that when you go out into the world, baby girl, you know you've got the goods. Learn and empower your sexy self with self-care hacks, improve your body image, and create your own damn story. Let's go. The thing about self-betrayal is from the outside looking in, No one would ever be the wiser. It is the sickening truth of abandoning yourself. It should have been the last straw with him. I should have chosen myself, but I didn't. Again. My boyfriend and I at the time got into an argument. The following day was 9-11. Yep, that one. He was on a plane that morning to go to California approximately the same time the planes hit the Twin Towers. Little did I know this was a brilliant smokescreen for what he was up to. He didn't tell me what time his flight was, what airline, no flight number, nothing. What I know for sure is September 11th, 2001 was the brightest, prettiest, most cloudless day I can remember in New York City. After the planes hit, I kept my phone close to get his call. I called continuously, but his phone just went to voicemail. On a long walk home with thousands upon thousands of others, I heard phones ring, but the call I needed so desperately never came. Rewind to the morning of 9-11, a normal day. People barely finishing their first cup of coffee, and there was such a frenzy in the office that was different than usual. The Jones, New York office spanned half the floor. I don't know how I ended up on the opposite end of the office, sandwiched into a broom closet with co-workers, looking at a small TV and watching the first plane hit the tower on loop. I mean, it was surreal. Kizzy and I wanted and needed to see what was going on, so we rode the elevators up the executive floors to get a better view. We got to the window just in time to see the second tower fall. We got back in the elevator in in silence. I mean, we were clueless that we weren't supposed to be on the elevator. The shock was palpable. As I was making a plan with Kizzy and Kim to get to my house, inside my head was screaming for him to call me. 
please call me. Moment of realization. I called and called and called. I secretly wished that I didn't have service so I wouldn't have to admit what the pit of my belly was telling me. He wasn't dead or harmed. He just didn't care for me. My home phone was working fine because my father called, friends from around the country called, but no call from him. That, that call didn't actually come for another week. In the meantime, I called his mother, I called his sister, who hated me. Was he alive? Yes, but no him. Silence. It was deafening. I went to work, I cried a lot. What a fool was a song that played constantly in my head. It was louder at the moment than the terror that had struck the city. He called and I accepted the lame-ass excuse. Whatever it was, I don't even remember. This wasn't his first disappearing act and it wasn't his last. His final act almost wiped me from the earth. Every time I kept the door cracked open for him. I kept breathing, going to work, seeing friends. But somewhere inside of me, I knew I was doomed. I didn't move on. I knew he didn't love me or respect or honor me. But we moved in together anyway. Yes, this was months after 9-11. And then... I was publicly humiliated when I found out in public that he had gotten married in California. Are you thinking what I thought? Yeah. I had long before humiliated myself every time I betrayed my self-worth and self-respect for what I thought was love. In yet another argument, he packed his things and we promised that we would work things out. I left the door open again to a person who had no regard for me. Here's a little bit of truth serum. I was attached to all the time invested in how we were when we first got together more than his treatment of me. You know, because people can give you a whole bunch of lip service, but their action, it speaks louder than words. The saying is true, people. He said he loved me, and I made that mean more than his actions. If I were any kind of good friend to myself at the time, I would have ended it definitely the week of 9-11. Instead, this life event imploded, and I wanted to end my life. I was so embarrassed, humiliated, thrown away, discarded, and not chosen. Standing naked before 10,000 people would have been less embarrassing. I was personally devastated in a holding pattern of hell. Every paradigm of what I thought love was came crashing down. I understood deeply that I had lost love of myself, my own self-respect, because I was so sad I wanted to commit suicide. I never thought I would be that sad that I would have those thoughts again. What I know for sure is that love doesn't hurt and it doesn't require sacrifice. I wanted a version of what my parents had, but I had so much to unlearn about the myths of love. 
I needed to fortify my foundation of my very soul. So if I were to try love again, no matter what happened, I would still have me. His marriage was my wake up call. I mean, what choice did I have, right? This was my personal ground zero, my own purgatory, self-betrayal, and I had to figure this out. I had to actively decide to live independent of any outside circumstances. Circumstances blew like the breeze in that relationship. And I was like a leaf in the fall, in the late fall. I was going down. What's a girl to do? I cried and I raged and I spoke with my therapist. I travel. I dated. I mean, really dated. I was a serial long-term relationship girl. Remember, I was chasing the ghost of my parents' relationship without really cultivating what the best, healthiest relationship would look like to me. I investigated what made me tick, even the parts I didn't like, especially the parts I didn't like. Not to pick them apart, but to observe them, shine them, so that when I engage with a potential beloved, I would not be raw and make him suffer because of a ghost in my life. I also didn't take myself so seriously, and I got rid of that timeline that we girls keep in our head. I thought about all the things I had agreed to that society taught me that I was supposed to want. I only kept those things that worked and threw the rest away. I touched personal power's garment by choosing what was right for me, and I charge you to do the same. Namaste. You got this. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Juicy Life Show. I appreciate you spending the time with me. If you liked this show, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, just everywhere, child. I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher. I want to hear from you. Do you have an idea for a show topic? Email me at info at FondaClayton.com. Again, the email is info at FondaClayton.com. And of course, you can find an archive of this show and every show on FondaClayton.com forward slash podcast. Again, the URL is FondaClayton.com forward slash podcast. And remember this, I love you like cooked food. Until next time, live like you mean it.